Welcome to another episode of In My Truth, where my guests and I have raw as fuck conversations while we sort through and understand the truths we're currently living in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in, what we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Let's dive in. Welcome everyone. I'm very excited to announce uh, my friend Ryan Ebert, who's going to be on the show today. We're going to dive into some of his current untruth. I have no idea what we're in for, but I'm very excited to hear. Thank you for joining us, Ryan. You want to give us a little bit of an update and a rundown on just who you are to start with and what you're all about? Thanks for having me, Sarah. So currently I am here in Melbourne, mainly work in the healthcare space. Have, have done, been an entrepreneur in this space and built some businesses. And at the moment, uh, looking after a portfolio for a large company, having sold a business last year and, and whilst working on another startup. Um, and then outside of that, a uh, bit of a sports fanatic and get involved in a lot of exercise. Amazing. I love and, it. And a, and a Melbourne coffee drinker. Yeah. <laughs> I do miss Melbourne coffee when I'm over in the United States. So it's, it's probably the one big thing I miss besides all the beautiful people in my life. <laughs> that is fair. All right, so let's dive into what you're wrangling with right now. We're all about current untruths, things that you're really trying to sort through and understand Mm -hmm. in this moment. I think it's super insightful for people to get that little insight into um, what we're actually moving through as we try to process something. So yeah, give us a bit of a rundown and we'll dive into a conversation about it. Sure. So the big things that I'm grappling with at the moment, uh, a lot around expectations mm-hmm. um others versus my own and also the the biggest thing that i'm probably dealing with at the moment um that many people don't know is i'm setting uh up for an overseas move and that is very challenging and difficult because there's very few people that I can talk to about that based on timings of when that move's going to occur and businesses and business interests that we have and work roles and all these kind of things. So really struggling right now with holding this like big secret about by the end of the year, I do not plan on being in Australia, but there's vagueness on when that'll be executed, uh, which I can't make plans Mm -hmm. letting other people. So a lot of other people are are putting things, um, I guess, into my diary and into my calendar and into my activities assuming that I'm going to be around for the next year or two um, and I'm kind of sitting there with this uncomfortability and this, this, I guess, untruth about going, I've kind of got to feel a little bit of it off and then put some parameters in place, but nobody knows why. Um, and that's along with a lot of work on expectations at the moment and a, and a bit of a head screw around that um, after spending the last sort of 10 years in, in health uh, are the two continual fights that are going on in my head, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Are the two related? Is is the expectations thing, do you feel around this same, the move, or is that quite a separate issue? Yeah, it's a, it's a new one. And I probably only came about it journaling this weekend, mm-hmm. um, but it's something that I've been sitting with for probably years that if I really look at... Um, work in our businesses and, and the responsibilities that we have there, which which involve um, the, the staff that we have and, and the activities that we're doing, it, it hit me on the weekend that I was like, do I want to stay in health? Um, which, is, which is a massive thing for anyone that works in the health space because when we go to university in, in healthcare, and I actually teach at some of the universities here, um, and I really don't like this, but you're almost taught because you get all these letters after your name and there's a bit of prestige around healthcare and like it becomes such a part of your identity and to try and shake that part off when, you know, most people like my mum's pretty proud that I work in health. It makes people, you know, healthier. Um, And I've got a lot of, I guess, contacts and, and, and mentors and all these other people that are like, yeah, healthcare is fast growing sector. We should be building more business in there. You should be the guy leading it, doing all these kind of things. So I'm just sitting with all these expectations um, 
and, you know, holding the university positions that I have, which are very cumbersome uh, and very challenging at times, and, and a number of other positions in that. And it sort of hit me on the weekend because I was working out what do I want in my ideal role? And I guess we'll probably talk a fair bit about work and career because that's the biggest thing that I'm grappling with at the moment in a transitionary phase, being in a sort of a mid-executive corporate role a couple of days a week, plus having my own businesses, so playing in both those corporate and the entrepreneurial world. Um, and I sort of just sat back and, and took it down to a macro level and went, well, what are five things that I just want with work or purpose or whatever I put out into uh, into the planet here? And and there were really some interesting things around, well, I like travel, so that's one of the five. I want whatever I do to have a travel component, which I don't currently get at the moment. I get most days, but like my ideal week is I get to wear a T-shirt every day for, for a work week. And I know it's a really small thing, but but it's little things like that. And then, you know, I do I do want to lead and I, I want to build something that brings people joy and, and happiness, um, which can be really challenging in health because generally most people are coming to you from a, from a dark place and, and, a, and a challenging point there. Um, so I'm just sharing a little bit with the expectations of in the next moves, what will I stay in and spend my time in? Uh, and that involves right now, we're, we're building a health uh, tech startup, which is a lot of fun. And I definitely like the health tech startup side of it. But how much, uh, I guess, input and activity on the actual health side of it, I want to continue to have. And with our, I guess, our other businesses in the healthcare space, how much on that side of it? Because I love the business side. I love the building side. I love that piece. But I've pretty much done nothing else besides falling into into what I've done since I suppose uni. Um, besides having done a, a, a bit of engineering, and then I took the health pathway. So there's this there's this weight and expectation, and also just probably part of identity when you work in health. Whatever your profession is becomes part of your personal identity, which can be good and can be slightly unhealthy. Um, where I'm sort of like with, with a lot of change that I'm, I'm foreseeing in the next couple of years, is there a lot of value in actually just having a break from it and delivering some skill sets in another space? So just the, the thought of that and then the shock that I suppose would come from others um, and expectations of why you would ever consider doing something like that is, is one of the the challenges that we have. And that's not to say that, you know, I'll still be growing our businesses, mm-hmm. but it's really just taking a different lens on them and we might add to the portfolio of businesses something outside of health, um, which, yeah, it, it, and it just pieces around that. You know, I just think of dropping that on a, on a number of people or, you know, our board or whatever that happens to be uh, and the expectations around that would be, would be a bit of Shocking, and maybe it's that psychology psychological thing where you always overplay the worst case scenario in your mind. But that's the uh, that's that piece, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it seems kind of linked because you're talking about your career in general with the move overseas, and then potentially a move out of healthcare or a bit of a deviation. It's all around other people's expectations and you not wanting to kind of, I guess, open that up. How does it make you feel just right now, even thinking about? I'm sure there's some key people that you're like, Fuck. Yep. <laughs> like, how does that make you feel? Like actually say, having those conversations, what is, what, what's coming up for you in your body right now? Definitely like some nervousness, a bit of, bit of tightness, a bit of tension through there. Um, a little bit of even, even this, there's a little bit of relief. Like, I guess this is kind of prepping for that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> knowing that, you know, it probably has to be done, but just probably fear. Yeah. You know, because you build, you, you spend that much time doing something and you build like a, I guess, identity capital in that space. And it's kind of fear of shaking that up. Could I build the identity capital in another way? And I guess one of those things is when, you, when you've got that credibility or the identity capital or whatnot, it, it opens some very, um, I guess, very good opportunities that, you know, I, I've been very lucky and fortunate to have. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know if they're my opportunities that I really want or if there's somebody else's opportunities that they want for me um, is, the, is the challenge there. Question for you. Yep. You said even coming on here is like, it feels a little uncomfortable. 
I think it's interesting to dive into because the way that we've met is because you've reached out to me and asked me to come on the board of, of Acaro. And it was that uncomfortable then to come on and tell me like, I don't even know if I, what my role is in that. Like, does that feel uncomfortable? Stupidly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even when we booked this in, I was like, what am I doing? Oh, is that a boob? <laughs> well, I can tell you right now it's not. And I love it. And actually it's kind of cool actually to be experiencing it firsthand, to be one of the people that is a potential stakeholder, obviously much lower than some of these other people you're worrying about. But like my feeling right now is I just want you to be happy. Like I just, whatever is your calling, whatever feels more right to you feels more expansive and more amazing for me to be a part of in any way, shape or form, even if it's just a friend and supporter. So I just wanted to share that with you because I think, um, you know, something that I come back to, which I've been so afraid all the time of my own truth and wrangled with it. Um, We've talked about that before. And, but I think something that I always come back to is like your, um, your truth is more beautiful than your lies or your untruth. And I'm not suggesting you're telling lies, but your, your truth, our truth is more beautiful than the things we feel we need to hide. It's almost like truth is freedom and people can see that and feel that expansive nature. So I just want to share that with you because that's what's coming up for me as you're, as you're going. But I, I do understand. And I know that um, other people will come to us when we want to change course or direction People who are invested in our success will come to us out of protection. You know, they don't want to see most of the time when there's a a resistance to the change that you want to make. It's, it's more like a protection mechanism that can often be in the form of parents or mentors or what have you, because they can see this beautiful path that's very well mapped out for you. That's kind of like follow the bouncing ball and, and, you know, you'll get the green tick at the end. But you know, what you said was, are they my opportunities? Is that what I really want? Um, And I think that's just super interesting to dive into, I guess, is like, what do you really want? Because I I also believe that following what we really want ultimately leads to more success, whatever you determine success to be. But if, if, as you said, you want to wear a t-shirt every day and there's something part of your life right now that's restricting that, then that's a a measure of success that you're not able to achieve potentially. Yeah. I mean, it's a hundred percent and that's probably why that is one of the five things for me that I kind of go, if I could do that, then then that's a a level of freedom. Um, But I mean, even what you just said then, as as you were saying, and yes, I was a bit nervous about um, (laughs) other conversations, (laughs) but even the, like the word that you said there around freedom, hearing, you know, what you were saying that I started to automatically just think of even that business as being freer and bigger than, than the, I guess, the expectations and limitations that I was putting it on, on myself um, with that because you, you, I'm applying such a logical mindset to it versus a, a pursuit of let's do this out of passion, joy, happiness and, and, and allow that, I guess, that box just to really open up. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit liberating. That's cool. So going back to this overseas move and you know you've sort of been skirting around that with different people um what are you afraid of there like what what does it feel like when someone's booking something in or talking to you about what you're going to be doing in xyz time and you're kind of like oh yeah like how does that feel it feels um tough because it it doesn't feel good um because i'm a big fan of just being real and authentic, uh, whether that's good or bad. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm hiding something from them. But then on the same flip side, I'm like, but I'm not because it's not locked in yet. And it's not, you know, like it, it's basically kind of going, I could freak them out for something that is still so arbitrary in terms of its concreteness, if that makes sense. Mm. So it's sort of like just sitting with this, Am I being fake here or am I just needing more data points on the overseas thing to then be able to tell them? I think it's such a fine balance because it's eating you up. So there's obviously something in it. If it, if it was genuinely just, well, I don't really know, so I'm not going to say anything, you wouldn't even care. You wouldn't even think about it. <laughs> so there's obviously something there that, you know, it's we all have a line or we all have... Um, And there is like, truth isn't even, we don't even know. Like it's what's real, what's not, what's right, what's wrong. Everything's just 
gray or I rather to say everything's a rainbow, like there's no black and white. But I always feel like I know when I'm outside of my alignment because it's it's weighing on me. It's eating me up a little bit. And that that's what sounds like is happening to you. I'm curious about like what's the rhetoric, what's the story that you're telling yourself that it's better to not open up about it than to open up about it? It's a good question. Um, and I mean, even what you just said there, it's, it's definitely like it's like one standard deviation outside. So it's made yeah. <laughs> way normally it's making me uncomfortable, but it's not two standard deviations where I'm like, shit, I've really got to do something about this. Yeah. <laughs> It'll close into that, I'm sure. But the story that I'm telling myself now is it's, it's probably around um, not freaking people out. And that comes from a parallel of, so I've made a decision of a last day point of when like if there's a few moving pieces that are going on at the moment that could get me overseas earlier like in an ideal time I suppose um, and then if that doesn't occur or if they don't occur then there's kind of a day point when I'm just like so even if all of those fall through buying a one-way ticket and, and off we go. Do you think that's the bit that's making you feel that's the bit that's kind of got you out of alignment is that you're definitely going no matter what. You're just kind of trying to decide when to say something. Correct. And, it, and it's these moving pieces that go, well, if that comes off, then the timing will be then. But if they don't come off, then the timing's still not for another, you know, three, four months after that. So if I kind of drop this, assuming that it'll be then, but then I'm sort of around for another three, four months, I can still help with that stuff um so it's like a what yeah it's 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 i guess that story around until i sort my shit out better don't put it on somebody else to disrupt their stuff but there is exactly what you're saying like just that little bit out of whack with this whole process Mm. i think that's fair and i think we can convince ourselves of a lot of things. Um, you know, recently I, I wrote publicly about this and, and you and I have talked about it as well. Um, like I'm raising money for my company, grow my team at the moment. And I decided about three months ago to raise money and I started meeting investors and then I got scared and I basically made all these excuses of why I'm not doing it right now. I had to sort out my shareholders. I had to get this legal advice. I had to do this. I had to do that. And then one day I just sat in it and I was like, Ugh. I'm just scared. I'm scared as well of having other people's money and meeting the expectations once I have their money of growing this company and doing all of that stuff. And then I just wrote that to the world. (laughs) I'm like, okay, that's good, Sarah. Just tell everyone that you're scared. That'll, but what's the story? Like ultimately I wouldn't have shared that um, because I would have thought, well, I don't want to scare off potential investors, but rather I'm just like, I'm just going to put it out there. And the fact is I'm still scared. Like I had an investor meeting booked in today and he's sick, so he put it off. And I felt relieved. I was like, oh, good. I don't have to think about it until tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I am. I'm scared. And I don't know. This is really good conversation for me because I'm kind of diving into myself. Like, what am I actually scared of? Like, I'm going to give people an opportunity to invest in a company that I'm going to grow or try to grow. Um, they're investors. They're going to decide whether they believe in me and believe in the company or not. And then off we go on a journey together. Um, I'm afraid of not closing the round maybe, and then just failing on even raising money. And then I'm also afraid of once I have their money that I'm like answerable to people. And maybe I'm even afraid of like my lifestyle because I'm not going to give up my lifestyle the way that I love to travel and move around and do what I love to do and work wherever I want to work. So is there a part of me maybe I think that's probably a little bit like, oh shoot, I don't want to have like people questioning the way that I want to live. but even just saying that all out loud, I'm like, well, that's on me. Like I can, they can question all they want. I'm just going to be me and keep being me. And I guess they just have to have to deal with it. It's kind of like the precedent that we set for people, I suppose. Like in one regard, you're currently setting a precedent that you're not going to do these things, which means you have to one day unwind like who they think you are and put out the real you. That's funny. <laughs> yeah and I mean there on on lifestyle like I think that you know with the weight of the expectations we do compromise 
on on lifestyle based on other people's expectations. I know I certainly have a little bit, and a, and a lot of where I've been grappling with this probably since the beginning of last year is when we actually sold one of our businesses. So when we sold that, I found myself with so much time, and I actually didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. I, I was sitting there going, if I retire, I'm probably going to go mentally insane. Because I had about three months after the, the sale where I was just sitting in cafes on a Wednesday and realized that everyone else was at work, so I had no one to hang out with. But I didn't have to go to work. And that just drove me stir crazy. But I think the the impact on the the lifestyle that you want and the expectations is I've even seen since then, because I sort of was like in this lost period and going, What do I do? What do I do? Opportunities came following the sale of our business and, and whatnot. And I was just like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I spent my time there. And realized that I was like, I wasn't actively deciding what those were. And now is probably the compounding factor where I've hit this where I'm like, no, I've got to take myself back. And taking myself back is, hang on a minute, you've had a life goal, forgetting money or, or prestige career, whatever that happens to be, who cares? You've had this life goal to move overseas and live overseas for a part of your working life. Now is the time to do it before you really go down a path of marriage, kids, white picket family fence and all that kind of stuff. But it's like now is the time to do that, to take that back. But what I've really seen is that because of other people's expectations in that time where I could have gone many different directions and was probably just a bit too... Um, lazy working on myself to actively decide that direction and kind of went hey this is a good opportunity this is good those opportunities have just kind of snowballed into where everything is now and i think you know with what you were saying there about you being scared of investors i'm scared of shaking this up and changing this i'm scared of exactly what you were saying follow the ping pong and you know that you're going to get compounding returns and it's all going to go pretty well and i'm probably also really scared because i didn't grow up with money and I've definitely moved out of that, um, I suppose, circumstance where when you, when you finish high school, the, where I sort of grew up, you could have gone one or two ways um, and I've dodged the, the not preferred way. But I think like even with what you were saying there about scared of investors and that kind of thing, I kept thinking if I was in, investing you know, in this and that kind of thing, Logically for me, it's like, okay, well, risk return, you know, it, it may not work. Um, and I go into that knowing that I'm backing you, I'm backing a vision, I'm backing an opportunity. If I want something safer, I'd obviously just put it into an index fund or whatever it happens to be. But then I was thinking as you were talking about that, if I flip that on me internally and taking that money and that, I would be like, I would shit myself. And we, we've had a chat about <laughs> that kind of piece. So I think me as the investor, um, hearing everything that you were saying, I'm like, oh, I'm fine with all of that. And I have no problem with anything that you were saying. But then I've also said it on the other side going, oh, I completely understand where you're coming from because I think we blow it up internally. But then out there, it's just another investment. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what you're feeding back to me is that you'd rather know the whole me and what you're investing in, um, in terms of me as a leader, my lifestyle, as well as the company and the opportunity and know the expected returns and make that decision versus it wouldn't really be right if I was showing up being like oh I'm going to get an office and like go in there every day and this is what I'll do and then I turn around later and be like oh surprise I'm not because you're actually fine with it because it actually I think people can sense when it's authentic and when it's real and I think there's something in like trusting that authenticity in that person or, or whatever it might be like it sounds like some of what you're thinking for yourself is like also how do I put this like it's it's almost like there's this way or there's that way but have you started to explore the merging ways that things could work like does going overseas mean I mean you haven't gone into the detail right now anyway so I don't 100% know where your mind's at but does going overseas mean cutting off xyz or can you no and that's and that's the thing it doesn't uh, for, for most things, for some things it does, um, you know, and even with what you're saying there about exactly that, like investing in the whole self, because 
whilst you might be seeing that your lifestyle and whatnot's a negative and you've got to get an office and you've got to do it all this way, fundamentally the lifestyle, and I'm only just spitballing this right now because I'm realizing it plus also self-actualizing it into myself. Great. So <laughs> I'm taking it. Was. That's what we're here for. <laughs> exactly. But I'm like, the lifestyle will bleed into the culture of the company and the DNA. And, and knowing you know a bit about the Grow My Team, that it's around freedom, flexibility, lifestyle of the people that will find these jobs. That's a positive mm-hmm. thing. Whereas if, if we had somebody who was the expected, we go in there, it's nine to five, it's this, 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 and this, it would kind of be a complete parallels, um, like juxtaposition it, which is the biggest chance of actually it failing, I suppose, mm. um, from, from looking at it from the investor side of things. So... And I think what you're saying there is I'm actually looking at this stuff all very black and white and not grey because there's a lot of moving overseas that besides being on a different time zone to operations here in Australia um, that I wouldn't have to actually change. Yeah, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. Like I think it's very important for you to get to what you want because you did touch on like I'm not sure of health is where I want to stay. I'm not sure about these attachments I have, you know, that all of that ego attachment that we all have to our careers. And certainly with that overlay of the prestige and the proud parents and all of those kinds of things, it's really tough. And I've been through that when I gave up financial planning, that was 17 years for me in financial services and a really big part of my identity. And it, I went through three months of like, after I gave it up, I remember actually giving up financial advice. I cried for six months trying to decide whether I was going to stop actually seeing clients face to face. That was quite a few years ago. And then last year, selling wealth enhancers, I went through through three months of like total self-doubt. Like I probably can't do anything good. Probably it was all just luck. Um, Maybe because I always had business partners, I probably wouldn't be able to do it on my own. You know, I've always been in financial services. I probably won't be able to do anything different, even though I'd already done some different things. But like, I had so much self-doubt, but, and there was just so much, I had to grieve. I had to grieve. There's a letting go and there's a grieving of Sarah, the finance expert. And I need to grieve and let go of that so that I can make room for Sarah, the whatever, the entrepreneur, the traveler, the gypsy, the vegan, the, (laughs) all the things I'm, I'm many things. And I think it's something that I actually find really freeing now is that I'm not just one thing. Um, I, I think I changed my Instagram to say, you know how we all put on our Instagram like this labels of who we are. And I was like, not one thing, but many, cause I'm like, I am so many things. And if I want to talk about, I don't know, my recent experiences with plant medicine and psychedelics, like I want to be able to do that. And before I didn't feel I could, cause I had to be this persona. I had to be this finance expert. So I had to move through that process. It's super you talking about all that stuff. Yeah, I love it. I mean, but I, I experience things and I do get interested in them. And I am an open person who enjoys sharing with the world what's, what I'm moving through, what I'm learning. And, it, you know, it's something that it's helping me. It's, it's helping other people. And I'm grateful that I've actually let go of and moved through that grieving process of my old identity, my old attachments and making space for a more well-rounded, more whole, more fluid, evolving kind of persona, I suppose, um, and not feeling, I was always that, but I felt boxed into a certain way. And I wonder, you know, if even your stakeholders, the people that you're afraid of will actually be super interested and excited to hear about these other parts of you, this part of you that wants to expand and travel and be in other cultures and you know, maybe move into other parts of the business, the operation side, or I don't know what it was that you were mentioning, but these other parts of the organization that I fell in love with business as well. I mean, I started in finance and very quickly fell in love with business and entrepreneurship and kind of felt more attached to that than I did the financial planning side, but was still incredibly passionate. And I think it's okay to be passionate about something. I'm, I'm still incredibly passionate about personal financial management you could still be incredibly passionate about health, but are you the practitioner? Are you the one setting the, you know, the tone or the work or whatever it is that everyone's doing? Like, I think it's okay to be more than one thing. Yeah. I mean, just everything that you were saying there actually really resonates. And I've just realized something like that one or other is the way that I'm looking at this. It's like, it's got to be one or, or one or other because it'll confuse people if it's not. And it's kind of like, oh, well, 
bugger it, it's all confusing anyway. Um, but even the the self-doubt piece there that I've probably just realized, just even in this you know conversation, selling our clinics business um, late 2017, so I went through early 2018, I don't know that I did the grieving process, mm. which I've only just realized like in, in this kind of thing because I'm like, well, I was just rife with self-doubt and all that kind of thing and 100% resonate exactly what, like I'm still very, very passionate about health and healthcare and all that kind of thing. I was just speaking yesterday in um, in regards to a forum around the future of healthcare and that kind of thing and just the energy that I was coming through me and all this kind of thing and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I should stay like 100% in this but I don't think it's a 100% thing anymore. I think it's because I agree with you, like I started, doing physio and then very, very quickly realized that I love the business side. I love the entrepreneurial side. I love the creating side. I love the, the touch point to the consumer. Then the whole wrap up of ego and that kind of thing. But when we sold our company, I think I was sitting in that time and I, I did not like that time where I had just three months of pretty much part-time work and not needing to worry about doing anything more financially and all that kind of thing, which is all like, that was really freaky for me because even just getting through uni was three jobs and secondhand books and working crazy hours and all this kind of thing. So it was the first time that I was ever like, shit, I get to sit with this uncomfortability. And I actually didn't. I was so scared of it. I ran away from it. Then the opportunities came up and I was like, yep, that sounds good. That sounds good. It's basically like distractions. Mm-hmm. And then I got a rife full of them going, hmm, maybe I need to unwind them a little bit. Um, But they're making a lot of other people happy and they're making a lot of, you know, those people that that do have those expectations from a protective mechanism and, and, you know, parents, mentors, all that kind of thing. They're making them proud. So you get into this thing, which I've probably been thinking for the last six months and trying to struggle with is, well, if they're happy and proud, then I must be doing it right but it doesn't feel right. So then I'm like, well, you know, um, I read something from Warren Buffett, obviously a very, very smart man, but he said, write down 25 things that you want to do in life, circle the five most important and cross out everything else and forget it. And when I did that, the first one that came up, besides, you know, wanting to be a very successful CEO and, and build a big business and all these kind of bits and pieces, that wasn't even... First, it was simply live overseas. And as soon as I've circled that and just went, when I am 80 or 90 and sitting in a rocking chair or whatever, I could have built the biggest company in the world, but if I haven't lived overseas, I will regret that forever. So then I just went, right, well, you know, we're going to go overseas. And, and I'm probably seeing it wrongly as well in that I'm seeing it as a bit of a smoke bomb. So that when you're at a party and you just kind of get away, I'm like, okay, this is <laughs> if, I, if I audit what I spend my time on and what I'm doing, 60% good, 40% need to cull. That 40% that I need to cull, I'm like, that's very easy to do when I smoke bomb overseas. Mm. But if I wasn't going overseas, I'd probably be having to have those hard conversations and cull that now. So there's also that thing with that, um, that 40% that I'm doing uh, from a week-to-week basis or whatever that happens to be. And I'm like, this isn't resonating with what I want to do, my purpose, like all the all the things that bring me energy. But then I'm also like, I don't need to squash that. Maybe it's not even talking and dropping the whole overseas thing that I'm worried about people. It's actually squashing that. I'm kind of like, I could be nice, 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 and then be like, oh, I've got to go overseas for this opportunity now. Now we don't have to. Oh, this is amazing. So, You're like figuring, yeah, I love this. This is so good. Yeah. So you're actually avoiding a whole bunch of stuff by going overseas. <laughs> you want to go overseas as well, which is absolutely truth, but you're like kind of using that as well as a way to just like avoid all these uncomfortable conversations and discussions and things that you just need to do. Pretty much a little bit like there's still going to be uncomfortable conversations. But yeah, but you feel like this clean sweep of just going overseas, it feels like an excuse for why you can't do those things. Yeah. Oh, this is good stuff. I love it. I'll shoot overseas. Nobody, 
nobody can really challenge that. It's like I'm going overseas for, and that's why there are a few moving pieces. Like if, there's a couple of opportunities there that if they come off, I do get to, like I, I, I know one of my biggest problems is saying yes to too many things. So I'm currently spread a bit too thin, which means I'm doing a lot of things good, but I'm not doing any of them great. Um, and that's a frustration of mine and that's something that, that I'm working on. But the overseas thing is also an opportunity to reset all of that. But do you think more of your truth is you got to learn and practice to say no and to start shifting some of this stuff and the overseas thing is actually maybe not going to be such a big deal? What's harder is this underlying piece and you've got a choice right now. Like you just do the overseas thing and that's great, but you don't really learn and grow about how to say no, about how to pull back on, you know, things that you had said yes to previously and shift them around, how to get creative. Like you've got a choice right now to learn and grow through that or to just do the smoke bomb in which you have one uncomfortable conversation and you're out, but how much growth really comes with that? Yeah. And, and how do you know you won't just end up in the same position in one year five years when you're overseas like wherever you are it could just keep happening because it's, it's the same so funny because i've actually like, <laughs> thought about that and i've gone shit okay when i get overseas i really need to make sure i'm gonna be different <laughs> i'm gonna use this as an opportunity to be different so that two years from now i'm not across six things again or i least- love it i think you got to be different now though <laughs> i think you got to start right now <laughs> I think so. I think because you know, I think um, probably you're right. Probably the overseas thing's not the actual be all end all thing that I'm really fearful and worried about. I'm like, if I can get you know, say this opportunity that that I'm going for overseas, if that comes off, it's just bolstering ammunition to basically have this uncomfortable conversation. and I'm kind of going to use that as the, hey, hey, you, you can't get angry at me for changing direction that I can't say no to this. It's too good an opportunity. It's too too big a role and that kind of thing. Um, I've got to get it on plane for it. And I think um, even if it does come up, and I, and I definitely do hope that it does, and I will have to have those conversations, but I think for me to get some growth, I probably – need to not use the overseas thing as the shield i think you got to start yeah you got to start working on it now i'm not going to tell you what to do this is a conversation you know but you start working on it now the overseas things becomes just another conversation and it's not probably such a big deal that you think it is i also i picked up on one other thing you said that i thought is super interesting um you said something around like you know, I, I go down this path and everybody's happy and proud of me. So I know it's the right path. I feel like there's an assumption in there that they wouldn't be happy and proud of you if you went a different direction, but you don't know that. Yeah. But you also don't not know that. Yeah. <laughs> You're afraid of the unknown, but they might be just as, these people might be just as happy for you. Well, you really got to wait up. Going down yeah. a different path. And if they're not, I mean... And I, I think, I think, that's I don't know. Like, I think, you know, you go, well, this is tried and tested. And it's obviously working probably for others, not so much for me, but it's not working poorly. I think that's one of the biggest challenges with a lot of these head struggles for, you know, myself is that it's this, it's this concept of, but it's all good. Like, you know, 60% of it is really good. Yeah, there's this annoyance thing and, and whatnot, but it's all good. So nothing's bad enough where you're like, yeah, I've got to change, I've got to do this, but it just chips away at you. And it gnaws away at you. And then over time, you kind of go, it's good, but it could be great. And also, like, if you keep going down that path, ultimately, like, how far do you want to go until it gets to the point where it's no longer, you can no longer take it. And then you, you know, then you're having a breakdown or something because you're really in a state where it's like, it's worn you down so much. Um, And it's also then a belief system that like good enough is okay and we can't have everything and that's just a belief system like is that true is that real maybe we can like why wouldn't we keep moving toward a life that's more fulfilling more amazing more everything i i remember beating myself up last year because um i like i was struggling so much before i had my breakdown and i was like doing all of this work like going to see a therapist and going on a retreat and reading these books. And I started beating myself up, but then I realized one day, like, 
well, hang on, why would I not keep searching and seeking? Like I, I started thinking, oh, I'm such a seeker, but it's like, why would I not keep searching and seeking? Like, why would we not keep looking for ways to make our lives better, more fulfilled, more happy? Like it actually doesn't matter at all what other people think. Like that is their business. My business is that my life is good. And if there's one thing that's not that great, I just want to sit with that and figure out how to move it and make it better, get rid of it, change it and not be ashamed of that. I think there can be belief systems that we have to have, you know, some levels of not everything's happy and everything can't be good all the time. And there's all of that kind of uh, ingrained kind of belief system in us that you can't have everything. And I'm sure it's true to a degree, but how true is it? And how much do we actually hold ourselves back by leaning on that belief system and just being, well, I'm not going to do the tough stuff because nobody has it perfect. So I'll just, I'll just suffer through it. Like maybe we don't have to do that. Like we can actually make it better. I think that's the big thing of almost using it as a cop out and leaning onto it. Um, one of the things that I struggle with is is a expectation um, or impression management, um, which is probably why I went to work in health instead of business, even though inherently that's what I wanted to do. And I remember this vividly. Like I finished school and um, and was lucky enough to get, get a pretty good score and nobody in my family had gone to uni and all that kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go do this commerce degree. And I was basically told that, oh, every man and his dog, you know, is getting a commerce degree and you got this score, so you should go and do something else. And I did. I followed that because I, the impression management piece of other people, and I'm sitting there going, I have, I have kicked myself over that several times. But I think it's um, inherently working in health and, and having a lot of empathy for people and wanting to help people, that can get dragged and, and it's not just tied to working with health people. So I'll clarify mm-hmm. that. There's a lot of people out there, no matter what they do, they're very giving and they're very caring. And I think if you have those traits, you're, you can also be very um, basically the opposite of selfish. So you'll compromise for, and you, you can see this with you know, so many mums where they will just sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice for their kids' happiness. Um, and I think that's one of the, struggles that I'm coming to terms with going, well, hang on a minute. Yeah, I'm pleasing these other people, but I'm not super happy. And then, you know, what you just said there around can we have it all and, and can this kind of thing. I was, I was talking to a friend of mine and he's like, well, maybe we can't, you know, maybe, maybe this is the best that it gets. But inherently, if we look at, um, I'm a big fan of history. Um, so he was like, inherently, if we just look at history of the human race, we a set to struggle like you know as, as humans we, we life life is struggle essentially and that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing it just means that it's a it's a struggle so he basically said which struggle do you want to take like do you want to take a struggle where you're playing defensive and easy and leaning on these things that you just said or do you want to go okay it might be a struggle and it, i may never get to having everything but am i going to stop against the struggle to get me as close to that as possible and he said that's the struggle that i want to take and i was like yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense actually we're kind of stuck either way let's go with the you know what what is the alternative if if, like what you're saying if you stop growing or if i don't you know if i lean on this thing and maybe don't get better at saying no and all those kind of things it's just going to be a cycle that keeps repeating itself every three years and I'll appease that in my mind by going, yeah, but, you know, I'm making this people happy and that kind of thing versus there's a slightly probably more challenging struggle, but it could result in being much better. And as you said, it's the unknown of would they still just be super happy and just as proud, if not more so. Yeah. I love that. And I, I mean, I actually, it's so funny you say that because, I think yesterday and today I am having one of those struggle moments with my lifestyle from a relationship perspective. So I've always kind of been like probably not wanting to have kids and haven't really like I got married, but I never really believed in marriage and I struggle with monogamy and all sorts of things. And I don't, I don't even know, but it feels like basically the decision I made was being in a relationship in a marriage with 
a white picket fence and having kids feels like more of a struggle to me than seeing what it might be like to have abundant love and a number of beautiful relationships in my life and have the freedom to travel and live and be me. But I have days like yesterday and today where I was like, fuck, why can't you just like to just be like everyone else and settle down and have a husband and a child and be normal and not travel everywhere? Because I have moments where I'm like, oh gosh, am I like, this is hard. This is hard. I'm like a little bit sad today or I'm a bit alone. And, but I always have to remember that that struggle is actually more of a struggle for me. And it's this, it, it seems when I was in it, it felt like, um, well, this is what everyone's meant to do. So I should just do it. And I felt like I could keep that up for a little while, but this is a struggle I'd rather be working on. Like I'd rather be working on how do I have abundant love? How do I have amazing connections in my life that enable me to be me? Like I'd rather be working on that, but I still have the moments where I'm like, Oh, this is hard. But I love what you said and what your friend said that humans, we will struggle because we will grow and we will progress. And I think there, there has to be to grow and progress. There has to be pushing outside of a comfort zone, pushing outside of what we currently know into some unknown, which is naturally going to bring up feelings of resistance, struggle, whatever. And, and going back on history, we've done that forever and a day. We would not be living in houses, recording podcasts from Colorado and Melbourne <laughs> and doing all of these things. If human beings weren't, if it wasn't our nature to progress to push to grow and to go outside of those comfort zones so yeah i think that's super cool correct we're living in caves and and whatnot yeah but even what you said there around like there was one thing that i picked up when you said be like everyone else and the first thing that came to my mind about you know the white picket fence and kids and all that kind of thing and i was like yeah but isn't the divorce rate like 50 percent yeah so is, is it being like everyone else or do, do we yeah. just think... Maybe that, I am like everyone else getting divorced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I would almost argue and go, that's because they picked that struggle. And then exactly what you said, after a while, they go, this struggle is not worth it. And actually, maybe there's a lot more that are wanting that bit of a different struggle. But there's some fear for them to take that struggle. Um, and, and yeah, just thinking about that, I, I sort of go we at times i guess with anything like you said growth only comes through uncomfortableness but at times with anything there's going to be a doubt or we're going to see another side and i think inherently we might um let me try and find the right word it's probably not the right word but i'm going to go with self-importance actualize mm-hmm. ourselves that we're the only one we're this and that kind of thing and i think you know i'm doing that a lot with going on oh, the only one that's had some of these good opportunities and found myself here and you know, I'm going to disappoint it. And I'm like, no, there's 7 billion people on the planet. I'm sure there's shitloads of people that are out there that, are, that have got the same thing. Yeah. Hang on a minute, just normalise this, this shit. Go, yep, you're going overseas because that's a life goal and you've got to do that. And yep, it might other people might not understand that. And that's okay because that's my life goal and not their life goal. But you're not going to get any growth and the overseas thing is not a ticket to basically skip the uncomfortability of, well, actually, even if I wasn't going overseas, this part of what I spend my time doing is not working for me. And we, and we, need, to, we need to reevaluate that. We need to change that. Good on you. I love that. That I'm going overseas and, and that's a trigger point. But it's not a thing of don't get in your mind that I'll go there for 12 months and come back, which I might do because I might, I might hate, I might hate it. Um, I highly doubt it. But even when I come back, it's like it doesn't mean that this is just going to fall back into this place. Yeah. Uh, because I think that's the, the biggest fear that I have is going over there and three years later being in the same spot or going over there not liking it and it doesn't fulfill all these grandiose things that I, that I think it will. Um, because at times there will be times where I'm sitting there going, Jesus, this is lonely as anything and all these kind of things. And I've got to acknowledge that the bad will come with the good. But if I, even if I came back here, making sure I've still set it up to not fall back into bad habits, which only keeps everything good, not great. And maybe it never does get to great, like, you know, like we've been talking about. But the alternative of it just staying good versus fighting the struggle of let's try and get it as close to grade 
in terms of a risk reward situation, that's definitely the better one. That feels better. I love it. I thought, I think we'll wrap it up there. There's one other thing that I, I picked up on that I think is so funny um, to think about really, you know, you mentioned that it happens to you and it happens to many of us around like trying to make other people happy. Like we're kind of holding, we're doing what we think we could do. We're sacrificing ourselves to make other people happy. Isn't it funny that we're probably living in a world where everybody's doing that. So who's actually happy? Yeah. <laughs> like who is actually happy? Cause we're all in this little cage thinking that we can't change things. We've got to make all these other people happy, but they're doing it and they're doing it and they're doing it as well. So <laughs> I don't know. I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> what you just said there. I wonder if people knew more of the truth that it's not making us as happy as it might appear externally. Yeah. That maybe they would actually just tell us, well, what are you doing that for me for? Go and do this. Yeah. And we don't even have those conversations half the time. We've just got all these assumptions about what we have to do to make other people happy. Oh, I love it. All right, well, let's wrap it up there. But um, it seems like you got to some pretty good stuff. Is there any final words that you want to kind of, what are you going to do? What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I'm, I'm obviously still definitely going to go overseas. But I think I'm going to start um, having some conversations around some things that need to change, whether I go or, or not. Uh, oh, sorry, when I go, regardless of that timing. Um, but I think I'm just going to start also letting people know that, hey, this is my intent, you know, um, that I am in line with some opportunities and in discussions with, with this and that may mean that I'm overseas in November and if not, I am going in January with or without anything over there. Um, and I think it's just going to be a piece of letting everyone know that and letting them sit with it and me sit with it and then shaping a few little things up. I love it. And thank you so much for that um, piece of wisdom you shared from your friend about the struggle either way, because that's really helped me today, actually, because I've just been in a bit of a, a bit of a funk on that side of things. So I'm glad to remember that this is the struggle I'm choosing over the other struggle, which is definitely not my struggle that I want to be in. <laughs> so thank you. It was awesome. I love our conversations always. And this one was no different. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Ryan. My pleasure. I think you're very brave and I really appreciate all your openness and vulnerability. Thank you. This, is, this has been a, uh, a fantastic experience, I have to say. Good, good. Thanks for listening to this episode of In My Truth. You can find the show notes on my website under the tab podcasts or sarahregalhooth.com forward slash In My Truth podcast. To stay updated on all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes. So if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources, but good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope, even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member and let them support you. Reach out to a professional, do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either publicly or anonymously, head to my website and book in. Once again, it's sarahregalhooth.com forward slash in my truth podcast. Thanks again for being here.